Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it's been another magnificent victory for Reading tonight at Blackburn Rovers 4-2. I cannot believe that performance. We showed everything. Just, oh, words are just failing me. It's just so exciting. So I've been joined by Eric. Hi, Eric. How you doing? Evening. I wish we had some uh, blue-collar street food to celebrate with. What a win. That, that is enough advertising there, Eric. Just steady, <laughs> steady yourself down there. <laughs> I miss um, it. <laughs> yeah, totally. I've also been joined by Alex. Hi, Alex. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Pretty, pretty good, I've got to say. That wasn't enough pretty. It's one, two, three. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Four, four, four pretty goods. Yeah, it is. Just let's talk about that. Just the sheer excitement. We can go into more detail about it because there's so much to talk about in that game. But Eric, just sum up that performance quickly for us. Yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant. You know, um, great from from one through to eleven. Every single player. I don't think it was one bad performance. Um, Blackburn flying high, scoring lots of goals, and we've uh, we've outscored them. So yeah, can't say much better than that, really. Alex, just a quick summary on that before we go into the more. I mean, yeah, there's no no player had a bad game tonight. I mean, when you win four two away at a team which has scored the most goals in the league so far, you're never ever going to really be able to find that many negatives. Um, and the <laughs> If you're not excited at the minute watching Reading, then frankly, I think you're probably supporting the wrong club. Yeah, totally. I mean, I just wish we could go, but we can't. We've been over that loads of times. But Ovi Ajaria missed out on the team tonight. So that was kind of a little bit concerning going into the game, Eric, I thought, from my point of view. Yeah, well, you'd say Ovi is one of our more creative players and, and we're already missing Swift. So straight away you think, OK, this might be might be tough. But then up steps. Michael Elise, what a performance. Yes. Uh, Lucas Jow also came back in for uh, George Puskas, didn't he, Alex? And I kind of knew that Jow was going to be okay tonight. Yeah, I think Lucas Jow coming back in for Puskas was probably much more, well, I mean, Ajaria going up wasn't expected at all. But yeah, Lucas Jow coming back in tonight was definitely much more expected and never really had any any problems with him coming back into the squad tonight at all. And I mean, he's now on five goals in six and a half games he's played this this season so far and um that's not including the cup game where he got a hat trick as well so yeah the, the guy's on fire and he was never going to get left out again tonight then went on to see one of our quickest goals in the club's history not that far away from someone who was on the podcast uh, recently mr kebe a fantastically gloriously clown goal from blackburn <laughs> you've got to say 
I feel sorry for their goalkeeper making his debut on a human level. But as a Reading fan, I absolutely loved it. He had a shocker, didn't he, Eric? Yeah, and, and another French-speaking cult hero gets the goal. So, yeah, no, it was quite nice. I, I uh, was wondering what the keeper was doing. He Probably a few nerves. He wanted to get his hands on the ball early, so he's run. I, I wonder if it was designed, though, because you think Semedo takes a kick off. At least he's playing centre-back at this point, um, like a quarterback in American football, I suppose. And and you sort of think that there was some sort of plan because Joao and Mate both sprinted up and they were together and Joao actually laid it off for Mate. So, although it was a little bit fortuitous, I do think that there was some sort of plan involved in that kickoff, the set piece by the coaching staff, perhaps. What do you think? I think that's a magnificent uh, shout there. We actually, you know, make the goalkeeper make a complete howler and it works out beautifully. <laughs> I like that tactical idea there. I mean, I'd see what you're saying because it clearly was a plan to get a ball into their box straight away. Yeah. And normally from kickoffs, we're a bit poor, aren't we? I mean, historically, we haven't done that great from them. But he's got a score there, mate. He gets off the mark straight to their way. It's one nil, and we're thinking, OK, is this going to be a case of opening the floodgates? But Blackburn comes straight back at us. Yeah, so 1-1 one, one after, what was it, two and a half minutes? Um, Richards losing the ball out on that left flank, what was it, 25 yards from goal or so, was not what you'd like to see when you've just taken the lead away at the highest team, the highest scoring team in the league. Um, it wasn't a very good piece of defending by Richards. And eh, having said that, it's not just down to Richards that they equalised. It is a, a very good finish by Armstrong um, from a pretty low bouncing cross. Uh, but he just gets in between Moore and, Moore and Morrison there and gets ahead of Morrison. And, and Moore's kind of left in no man's land from going out, kind of trying to go out towards the cross and trying to cover the... Um, cover the centre of the penalty area. Armstrong puts in a pretty good finish, though, and I don't think Raphael can really do too much about it. It's just a shame that you concede so quickly after taking such a quick lead. Um, I don't really think there's been many games like that in Reading's history where we've scored so early and then uh, conceded so quickly straight after that. Uh, the only one which really springs to mind is I think we opened the season against Brighton in... 0405 and Brighton we took the Brighton took the lead after eight seconds and then we equalized after two and a half minutes. Um, but yeah, Armstrong's a clinical finisher. I think he's already got nine in the lead this season after eight games, so it was gonna always be very difficult to keep him quiet tonight. Yeah, always gonna be difficult. But then it kind of calms down for a few minutes, and the 15th minute we see Michael Lise just well, as an 18-year-old going through on goal there. You're thinking, is he going to panic here? He could have gone down for a penalty. But no, he just slots it in beautifully, eh? doesn't he? Yeah, and also credit to, to Alpha Semedo. I think Semedo didn't have his best game on, on Tuesday and perhaps kept his place in the team due to Ajara being out. We don't know. But he nipped in front of the defender quite beautifully and, and, and got the ball through to Elise. So great little bit of play. But obviously, 18 years old, cool as ice. He could have gone down for a pen, but... Great finish, great goal. And this is what we wanted to see from Elise, isn't it? A little bit more end product. And so far this season, he's coming up with goals and assists, um, which is, yeah, amazing to see. Elise kind of like sums up the whole team. They've all gone up a level. Whether they can maintain it, I don't know. But we look so good. 
in intricate areas, which we haven't for years. We don't seem scared to have the ball in those areas, Alex, do we? Yeah, the ball control just looks ridiculously. I think we, we've kind of seen it from Ajari maybe over the last year where you see him with the ball at his feet and it, it feels like the ball is kind of stuck to his feet almost. It feels like all of a sudden we've got four, five, six of those players in the side. When you look at Estevez, he does the same. Elise does the same. Even Rinomota um, and Lauren, they don't look like they're going to lose the ball when they've got the ball uh, under control. It, it feels like they've all really stepped up a level in terms of their their touch and their ball control. Yeah, I want to talk about Estevez later. He could do a whole kind of like hour on that man. He is something special, isn't he? But we then come on to the next goal for Reading, and that was a third one from Josh Lauren. Now, this is another quality finish. I mean, I've seen so many players strike the ball too hard here, goes over the bar, or it's a weak effort, he scuffs it, because he's got, almost got too much time, Eric, hasn't he? Yeah, the ball breaks to him at the edge of the box, and you're thinking centre midfielder hasn't, you know, he's not known for his, his goal scoring, and it was almost a perfect finish. He just sort of stroked it hit the post and went in. Beautiful strike. And you think him and Rinomota in that centre midfield, they're, they're like almost the unsung heroes of our season so far. They, they're providing this really solid base with Maura Morrison behind them. They're both just full of energy running. It must be horrible to play against if you're the opposition midfield. Because even even as a, as a two, even if they're playing three, they still have that much energy that they can get about. It reminds me a little bit of like Legit would encourage him that season we got promoted, or like even like Kante and Ringwood in that. It's a Sidwell Harper, which it reminds yeah, well, me Sidwell of two, Harper, yeah. two central midfielders who look like they've almost got the same job, um, and and are both going to both going to do everything. Each other, yeah. When one yeah. when one sits, the other one pushes forward. A bit like um, I was saying, Engolo Kante and Drinkwater out that Leicester title yeah. winning side as well. Um, obviously better because it's Josh Laurent and. And Rinomota, but yeah, no, great, great finish. And you know, what what a signing! Whoever scouted and picked him up, I think it was Mark Bowen, had something to do with that. He knew Josh Laurent from before, so great pickup um, from Shrewsbury on a free, unbelievable signing. Yeah, totally. It's kind of you don't. I mean, obviously he got the goal tonight, but you're not really noticing what he's doing in games. But it's absolutely vital, and it's interesting how we set up in this game. In the last three matches, we've kind of sat back countered in this one we definitely pressed more Alex we won't press crazy but we definitely weren't sitting back yeah we didn't let Blackburn come on to us too much just the first half especially um I mean Blackburn kind of had to come out especially after we'd taken the lead and at 2-1 and then 3-1 but we definitely didn't give Blackburn time on the ball it felt like they were very much pressured when the ball was coming out we weren't just letting their defense stride forwards with it um and it it definitely showed their passing looked pretty sloppy, um, and I think it was a lot of a lot of that was down to kind of Reading forcing mistakes from them. Uh, we our pressing, yeah, it, it was definitely more more intense than it's been, and I think it kind of showed probably towards the end of the second half. Um, you definitely saw some of the players start to tire probably with the last fifteen minutes or so. Yeah, when you look at kind of like the variation of tactics that we're now seeing from the manager, that gets me even more optimism for us going forward. Because if you have just one system, it's very hard unless you've got a real quality setup and everything's bang on and you're lucky with injuries, you're not going to succeed. But if you can be flexible and change and win those games still, even with the changes, 
that's got to be a great sign, Eric, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think part of today, for, for parts of um, the first half without the ball, we almost played like a diamond with Mate and Joao up front. So it looked like the players were kind of changing positions. And then we went back into the kind of more 4-2-3-1 that we have been playing uh, when we had the ball. It was, it was really cool to see because we clearly worked something out as part of Blackburn's system and the way that they played. And we, we counted it with having that diamond. But because we went up 3-1 so quickly, we then went back to kind of just being very solid with our four-two-three-one, which all the players know know what they're doing, and they know their roles. They know how to defend. We, yeah, only conceded those two goals from open play. Now we only conceded three all season, and yeah, it shows the coaching staff have been bang on it. I think the good thing with the four-two-three-one now is that not only are we seeing that the players seem very kind of happy with that formation and happy with that system that we've played for the first kind of six, seven games this season. Um, but also that we don't have to change every we don't have to change like a focal point within the team to have a plan B in inverted commas, which has kind of been a a big no like misnomer within I think a lot of Reading fans for the last you know year year and a half when oh okay if Lucas Jao goes down we have to have an identical player to come in and swap out for him um, or if you know we have to have a completely different plan B if if plan A isn't working. It, it doesn't seem to be the case with this this squad. It's more, okay, if plan A isn't working and we're not able to go with that 4-2-3-1 and it's not really succeeding, we'll push Mate up top with Zhao and we'll play that kind of two-up-top role. Well, I kind of like after the third goal, Blackburn were definitely a bit rattled, as you said, Alex. They were quite sloppy with their passing for a good 10 minutes, I'd say, good 15 minutes. Then they kind of got back into the game gradually. Um, they had a chance quite near the end of the first half where there was a header there from uh, Armstrong, which Raphael saves, probably should save it. But these are the little details that make a difference. You don't want to concede a sloppy goal there, Eric, and go in at 3-2 because it would have been, I would have been quite deflated to go in at 3-2 at that point. Yeah, and you think Raphael, the, the two goals today, he couldn't do anything about either of them, I don't think. And same for the Tomlin goal that we conceded at Cardiff, right? He's, he's done everything that he's uh, is expected of him. I think last season, there were a few goals where you thought, oh, maybe Raphael could have saved it. Raphael is not quite the same keeper like Martinez, for example. He's not, but this season, he's not really made too many mistakes. And um, he's made some really crucial saves late on. And I think that one end of the first half it's a kind of momentum shifter isn't it he saved it got us into half time 3-1 up and and then you're feeling a little bit more comfortable yeah, totally the half time team talk must have been from the looks of it, it was kind of it was a slight kind of slip back not a slip back but kind of like reversion back into sitting back a little bit more Alex do you think that's fair yeah definitely definitely think that's fair the first I'd say first 20 minutes of the second half Pretty much probably up until Blackburn scored, in fact. It didn't really feel like we wanted to go forwards necessarily. And we looked quite comfortable to just let Blackburn come at us and see if they could actually create anything. Um, and it probably took until Blackburn got that second goal for us to kind of come back out of our shell and, and look like we wanted to go forward again. I've got to say, that's another quality cross. I mean, yeah. you could say that we could cut it out again there, Eric, on the cross, like the first one. But if you keep on putting crosses in, which Blackburn were doing, and very different from Wickham and Rotherham, there was quality in the crosses. You know, they had players there. And it was good defending that stopped it. But he's a menace, that Armstrong. He's going to score a lot of goals. I think Blackburn will beat a lot of teams. Yeah, and I think, 
you know, some goals you just got to put your hands up and say that was brilliant play. There's not. You could always be more critical about everything, every point. You could have stopped the cross, perhaps. You could have got tighter on Armstrong, but he's he's a very clever striker, great movement. He scored a lot of goals. I think he's the top scorer in the league, and that's for a reason, right? He's done it for a couple of years as well now. Mowbray's clearly getting the best out of him, um, which which shows. I think you talked about it on the on the Rovers chat podcast, talked a little bit about that. And yeah, uh, he scored two goals tonight. He could have had maybe a couple more if uh, the bounce had gone slightly differently. So um, yeah, good player, good goal, that second one. Um, if it wasn't against us, I'd have probably quite enjoyed the goal and said fair play. I think the one thing about the two goals that Blackburn have scored tonight is both of them have come from out wide, which obviously we've discussed this season how we're not really letting many chances come from in the kind of from the centre of the field. And uh, however, most of the games that we've seen so far, a lot of the crosses that have come in have kind of been head height or above head height, and you've had more and Morrison head them away. The, the two goals that we actually ended up conceding tonight have both been kind of like chest chest height or lower crosses where. You need more and Morrison, I guess, to be first to the ball. You can't, you're not going to just have them win it in the air like it would be if it was coming in for a striker to try and head the ball in. So um, it, it's definitely something Blackburn have kind of cottoned onto there and, and not aimed to put the ball on Armstrong's head and, and just try and make sure that he gets to the ball first, which was, yeah. it was an interesting tactic by Blackburn. Yeah, and also that you you also got to say that the the two balls that they have put in both have been quality crosses. Like if you yeah. want to score against Reading, you have to you have to put a real quality ball in. So when we play Charlton and Chris Gunter, you know, no danger. <laughs> I don't think that will happen this season, given Charlton a league one, Eric. But Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah, I was saying that. I'm not going to have Chris Gunter being slated. I like Chris Gunter. <laughs> so he's a kind of... The pressure then was the nerves when it went back to 3-2. But... Strangely, as you mentioned, Alex, we actually seen something clicked in our head. It's like we can go down the other end here. And there was a few opportunities if we'd have got a final ball in. We could have got that fourth the, goal before. And there was yeah. that mad from almost the other goal. I mean, yeah, the, the Rinomota um, move just before we got the fourth goal when Rinomota took the ball down the left-hand side and tried to cut it across to Zhao. The save from that was probably one of the best saves I've seen for a couple of years um, because I was already up and celebrating that as a fourth goal and a winning goal for Reading. That it should have been a you know classic own goal where the defender slid in, smashed it into his own net. I have no idea how the keeper manages to keep that out. Um, but yeah, we had two or three opportunities down that kind of left-hand side in the end. And I mean, that is inevitably where Zhao's final, final goal comes from. Um, just kind of running down that left-hand side in between the left-back and the left-centre-back. and There seemed to be a lot of space there tonight, which we exploited. Yeah, he appears to be happy with that one. Um, that was a really good save. Um, he should concentrate on that one and not the first minute. I'm sure he wouldn't be that way in his brain. But then we get the fourth go. Look, Lucas Jow just comes alive. I mean, he has got magic in his feet. I love Lucas Jow. And I've said this many times and I keep saying it. Just you think he's fainted the wrong way and then he whips it in the opposite corner, Eric. Yeah, and again, another good ball by I think it was Tomato that got the assist there. But um, I think Alex and I were talking about this goal a little bit before the podcast and both of us were saying, hit it with your left, hit it with your left, the way he kind of took it on. And, and then I was saying to Alex, it reminded me almost like 
almost Dennis Bergkamp-esque, the way he positioned his body and stroked it in that far corner, opened his foot up and just stroked it beautiful. But, you know, I was sat shouting at the telly as well, just bang it with your left and shows that I'm completely clueless. And yeah, great finish. And he's, uh, he's banging form, isn't he? It's almost like he was teasing the Blackburn player. And he yeah. was, essentially. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, it's okay, it's okay. No, Absolutely game beautiful. over. Yeah. Game over, <laughs> completely. And when that goes in, and you're right, there is a little bit of Dennis Burkamp in that. Well, I haven't thought that's made me very happy. My only concern <laughs> with comparing Lucas Schaal to Dennis Burkamp is how is Lucas Schaal going to be able to travel to European games next season? <laughs> Alex, you're making good points here. When we win the FA Cup and the League Cup, we've got to worry about this. Yeah. Yeah. Some forward planning needed. I think Lucas <laughs> is all right flying, isn't he? He's definitely flying in the goal scoring charts. Boom, boom. I think he's second now. I think he might only be behind Adam Armstrong now. I think Zhao's on five and Armstrong's on nine. So, might need, yeah, to, give, might need to get a few more penalties for Zhao before the end of the season. Yeah, and, and also, you, do you think Zhao is scoring a lot of goals? But actually, today we had four different scorers. Mate again, yeah. is contributing quite a lot, but we've scored with four different players. Elise, he's got a couple for the season, Josh Laurent. Um, you, you've got Pushkas as well, who on the bench, not even needed. So, you'd say... Even though Zhao is flying in the goal-scoring charts, it's not like we're just relying on Lucas Zhao, um, which is which is promising. And one one interesting thing I did see from today is that we scored four goals without probably before the season started. Azari and Swift people would have said are our two most creative players, and we've scored four goals away from home at what would be considered to be a tough championship away day. Um, I really would not have expected us to do that before the season started. If someone said if Jari and Swift are going to be out injured and we're going to be playing away from home, would never have considered us to score four. No, it's quite amazing, isn't it, how we've done that? And kind of like, we just, if you look at the squad depth now, if those two can come back in at some point, you're not quite sure when that's going to happen. Jari is probably going to be quite soon. But you just think, wow. And we have actually got... A huge lead, seven-point lead. We've got players coming back. We've also got Yadam coming back. That's going to add. I mean, now we're talking about Andy Yadam. Let's just talk about Mr. Estevez. That that boy is magic. He is exceptional. How he's playing in this league, Eric, I have no idea. How did we manage to sign him? It's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? He looks like he should be on loan at a Premier League club or something if Porto want to develop him. Um, he should be playing for Porto. I don't know what their right-back's like. He must be bloody good. Like, I have to look up who the, who the actual right-back is at Porto because he must be something special. But, you know, he's a Golden Boy nominee. We all said when he signed, oh, you know, you can't get too excited about YouTube. It looks like it's a lot of youth games and things like that. But now he's he's done it a couple of games now in the Championship where he's... He just looks like he can take any player on that he wants. He's very calm on the ball. Um, that little header that he had um, setting up Lucas Zhao when we nearly scored a fourth in the first half, unbelievable. And, you, and you're thinking Yeardom has is, is been one of our better players in the last few years, but at the moment, does he get in the side ahead of Estevez? I don't know. What, what do you think, Alex? I, To be honest, I doubt it currently, which might be harsh on Yeardom. Uh, but I think realistically... When you're so reliant on players getting forwards from the wing-back position, if you've got a player like Estevez who is 
so comfortable on the ball and so happy to go forwards and take players on, why would you drop him? I can't think of a reason to drop him. He can defend. He's brilliant technically. But he's not worried about anything. I, I can't see any reason to leave him out of the team. If Adam was magically fit to, fit tomorrow morning, I, there's no way he's getting back in the team. Why One of my favourite tweets from tonight, Paul, was the, the Rovers Chat podcast uh, tweeted, getting sick of Estevez now, after, and this was about after about an hour, uh, getting sick of Estevez now, he seems to always be in the right position. <laughs> yeah. For an 18-year-old, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And you, yeah. you just think uh, the, the saddest thing about it is that we'll have him for one season and then we will never see him ever again. Because <laughs> he, he is just... You know, sometimes you could just tell players at this level. I I thought the same of Ryan Bertrand when we had him. I just thought he's better than and what we are. He'll play, right. he'll, he'll play at a higher level, no doubt in my mind. And Estevez is, is probably... He's got potential to be even, you know, a level above that. He's 18. Like, it's cr- crazy. Um, but His potential reminds me of someone like Nathan Ake. He just yeah. looks scarily good. Yeah. yeah, a little bit like that. But but even, yeah, I mean, he's the Berkshire Cafu. He's great. That's going to catch on. If you, keep, if you keep going with that one, Eric, it will catch on eventually, I reckon. Not going to catch on, but... <laughs> Maybe in Burfield. Uh, <laughs> Burfield Cafu, <laughs> no, but he is—he is just exciting to watch, and I think, especially after the last few years, we've—we've we've not had a lot to be excited about. So, let's get a bit carried away. Estevez, um, I—I I, I tweeted something about you know all the people getting excited about YouTube, blah blah blah, but they—they they were right, weren't they? Yeah, totally. In fact, I'd say he's even better. I, I can't see a real weakness in his game at the moment. He loves all the ugly stuff. He, look, he just seems to get, I think he's going to get better and better. Yeah, and, and can he do it on a cold Tuesday night in Blackburn? And yes, he can. Yeah, yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. Yeah. <laughs> but that's sometimes favorite... the questions on these types of players when they come in from Southern Europe, from Portugal, can they do it in the championship on a cold evening? Like Blackburn away is a tough, horrible place to go. And he's he's just um, made it look easy. He looks like he's playing at a different level to everybody else. I think my favourite thing about Estevez tonight is the fact that even though he looked so good on the ball, and there was a point in the second half where he was the furthest man forwards, having taken the ball forwards 25 yards and then ended up from a right-back position into a central midfield position into a left-back position all within the space of about 25 seconds, um, which was very exciting to watch. But even outside of that, I think my favourite thing about him is that positionally, he looks just mature beyond his years completely. He doesn't look like he's only played, you know, two games in the championship. He looks like a player who's who knows exactly where he needs to be all the time, which is really, really exciting because it feels like then you've got that kind of solid base and you're not just relying on like a... And this is the criticism that um, Alexander-Arnold had for Liverpool when he kind of started playing at right back for them is that defensively he looked suspect. And I think Estevez... You know, I'm not going to say, yeah, he's better than Alexander-Arnold or anything yet, uh, but he doesn't look like he's particularly caught out positionally at all. Uh, obviously, we've only seen him for, what, one game and a little bit in the last game as well, but uh, it's going to be really interesting to follow his, follow his, um, you know, follow his progress this season. Yeah, and on the other side... So you wonder there. if it's something to do with the manager, because both... Estevez and Elise, both 18-year-olds, they just both look like they're playing well beyond their years. You know, even... Yeah, that would make sense with um, Panovic's history, wouldn't it? With the Serbia under-20 team, the World Cup. He just, 
has faith in them. Tom Holmes, he came in. He had faith in him and he's got Estevez and he's a little bit better. You know, we, we can't deny that. But Tom Holmes did nothing wrong. I don't think he's going to be, if he had to come back in in the next match, I wouldn't be worried, Alex. Uh, no, no, not at all. Um, Holmes didn't do anything wrong at all. And it, you, you wouldn't be concerned if he was to come back in and play at the weekend against Coventry. Um, and I think it's interestingly, the you've raised the point about Panovic having obviously managed Serbia under 20s um, to the World Cup a couple of, whenever it was, four or five years ago now. Um, if you look at our squad, it is a really young squad outside of maybe four or five players. We don't have many players who are over the age of kind of 25. Uh, Estevez is 18, Elisa is 18, Lawrence only 25, Rinomoto is 23 or 24, I think. Um, obviously, you know, Richards is only 22. The only players really who are kind of maybe older, in inverted commas, are players like Moore, Morrison and Raphael, which realistically, if I was to pick three players who I'd say those are the positions I want to experience in, it would probably be centre-back, centre-back and goalkeeper. So Centre-forward. And centre-forward, yeah. I think Zhao isn't even that old. I think he's 27, 28. Yeah, Zhao is kind of at the peak of his peak footballing age, as it were. Yeah, and it's showing. But on the other side of the pitch, we've also got a player who is our player. Um, I think if we financially can do it, we should consider a new contract. I'm sure it's ongoing. It sounds like it is from the things we've seen in the paper recently. Mr. Omar Richards, um, he is getting better and better. I say this about all the players in the team, but it's, it's I can't put it any other way. It's just really great. It's just a fantastic performance tonight again there, Eric. Yeah, and, and if you if you were to give one trophy for kind of most improved player, you'd say Omar Richards is it, right? He, he just looks um, a different level from last season. And, and you wonder if part of it comes down to the system again with Paunovic. He's getting protected. He's getting more help from the winger, perhaps more help from one of the centre midfielders in that kind of pulling out and, and covering in the fullback area when he breaks forward, you know, those types of things. Because... That's the sort of thing that can expose a fullback if he's trying to push on and then has no kind of cover. Whereas um, at the moment, he just seems so confident. Again, on the ball, he he almost, similar to, to Estevez, when he's got the ball in tight areas, he's not scared to do the odd dribble and, and things like that. And yes, he gave the ball away for the first goal, which is the criticism, but he, he makes up for it. I think he, he, was it him that put the cross in for the third goal, for, for Laurent's goal? Um, yeah. Yeah, and and overall, you just think compared to last season, it's it's you know massive improvement. And yeah, the priority for us has to be to to um, to sign him to a new contract. I think at the start of the season, I was looking, you know, last season you'd say Blackett was probably our best left back, followed by Richards and Abita. There was a bit of a toss up. Whereas the way Richards is playing this season, it's way above and beyond what Blackett and Abita could do. So. You, you obviously say, first of all, well, they, the club made the right decision, letting those other people go. Mind the gap, Tyler Blackett, by the way. And um, and you'd say, yeah, well done to Omar Richards. He's really stepped up. I hope we can we can sign him up pretty quickly because he's going to be he's going to be good for us. And if he's not good for us, he's going to cost a hell of a lot of money to get him out of us if he's got a contract. So, well, you can't you can't really disagree with any of that, Alex, can you? No, um, I mean. I think his, his contract's out at the end of the season, so definitely if the club can get him signed up in the next couple of months before we get to January, because you know there are going to be Premier League clubs sniffing around in January. Um, and, I mean, let's be honest, who could blame him if in January he says, 
thanks but no thanks Reading, even if we're top of the league, and says thanks but no thanks, I'm going to you know, take my chances and see if a Premier League team decides to just sign me on a free in summer. Um, so really, really important to try and get him tied down to at least a couple of years on a contract, if, if we can, before January. It's just kind of, that's something that's one of the top priorities, I assume, has got to be at the club. But someone else who I think is, even though he's not getting any goals, like as he never gets any goals, hardly any, but Liam Moore, I think, has been fantastic in the start of the season. He is back to, I wouldn't say he's back to his best. I think he's playing his best he's ever played at Reading. Even better than in the Yapstam era. Am I getting a bit too over the top there, Alex? Or do you I think, think Liam Moore is at the same level as that Yapstam, um, that Yapstam season. And it helps him so much that he's not kind of the leader of the defence, as it were. I think he's... He looks so much more calm with Morrison there alongside him and having someone more kind of, I guess, experienced alongside him in a similar way to how McShane was was there when when Yapstan was manager. He just looks like he, he knows where he needs to be and he doesn't have any problem in putting himself in the way of shots as well. I mean, we saw it again tonight. He's put himself in the way of probably another two or three shots with that. Famous, I know Dave mentioned it on uh, one of the previous podcasts a couple of weeks ago with the kind of, he spins himself around and puts his hands behind his head to to make sure he blocks the ball without giving away a penalty. He did that again tonight twice and um, he's definitely back up to the level of form that we saw in that Statham season. Whether it's going to be enough for a club to, you know, come in and sign him, uh, let's wait and see. It's, uh, you know, it's eight games. It's not a whole season's worth of, of form yet, but it's it's really really good to see that Liam Morris kind of back up to that kind of level that you would hope and expect from him, um, being you know club captain. We can't forget that he was given a, a sizable contract right a couple of years ago, yeah. and he's now repaying that money. This is what we were paying Liam Moore for at the time. It was to be the captain, the leader of the team. Um, in a team yeah. performing, and we haven't quite performed, but now he's actually he's actually proving his worth now, which is which is great. Long may yeah, I, I agree. It's not just to be the captain; it's it's to be the captain of a team which is looking to be at the top of the table. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, now got a very small window until our next game. We're going to have a full preview show that coming out later. But let's have a quick chat about Coventry coming up on Friday. Um, you've got to look at that game and think there's a big possibility of another three points there, Eric. Yeah, I think Coventry, they lost again tonight. Um, they've not um, started the season that well. They've come up from from League One and they, they've not found it easy, right? They're not, not as bad as kind of Wickham levels, but they're still one place above the relegation zone. They are... Um, um, they've only scored five points. They've only scored six goals, conceded 16. They are um, conceding goals for fun, really. Like, yeah, you think their last, results. last two games, they've lost to they've lost to Middlesbrough 2-0. They've lost to Blackburn 4-0. Um, and that's two teams that we've recently played. Um, they did get a draw against Swansea, one all before that, which is quite impressive. But you, you've got to hope that the form that we're in and I think they conceded quite late on tonight to lose. Uh, they conceded two late goals. So hopefully their confidence is a little bit down. They've they got to be fearing us for sure, um, especially, you know, coming up from League One and you think, wow, now we've got to play this top of the table side that's absolutely flying. 
it's mad to think that we're 17 points clearer than Van Ex, isn't it? Wow. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were saying during the game, when was the last time we were 18 points clear of the relegation zone? It was probably the Stam season, which is four, four seasons ago now, I think. Um, it's a long time. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Coventry game. Um, I think it will be tough to break them down. They do play five at the back. They play that kind of wing-back system um, that we kind of saw in the Gomez at the start of last season when you play three centre-backs and then two wing-backs. So I think they will be tough to break down. But if we get the first goal, which this season, every game we have, um, I don't really see us having too much problem with commentary. I think that they struggle going forwards, to be honest. Um, and also, they, they haven't actually won since the first day of the season. That's the only one. Yeah, they, they, beat, they beat QPR and then that's uh, second game. Yeah, second game of the season, I think they won against QPR. But apart from that, they, they haven't, haven't picked up a win yet. But yeah. I think they're struggling to go forwards. That's that's their real issue. Um, I'm not actually sure even who their their main main striker is. In all honesty, um, off the top of my head, but it's it, I just don't see them troubling us too much going forwards. So I would hope very much that we are going to be able to keep it going, get the eighth win out of nine, and if we can keep an eight point or seven point seven point gap at the top of the table after nine games, then you know. Sky's the limit this season. And the yeah, most amazing stat for me, the most amazing stat about all these kind of things is we've still not been behind for a single second of the whole season. It is, it is a crazy stat that far, and you would expect it at some point by now. But as long as we're not complacent, I think we're going to win that game. I would expect George Puskas to come back in for Lucas Jow as well, that kind of rotation system. Obviously, Lucas Jow played brilliantly tonight. But he is pretty fragile, so we do not want to risk an injury to him. Um, I think against a team like Coventry, Puskas is going to get more chances than he would against, uh, say, a Rotherham. They're just the style of play that we played during that game. I think he'll have some chances. So thanks a lot for joining us. I really appreciate it. And we'll be back with the preview show, which will be out on Thursday, which Alex will be hosting. And come on, you ass. Come on. <laughs>